0: This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at SaintDave.org. So Jesus knew he was going. He knew he was at the end of his journey. He knew how it would go and who would betray him. He knew that he would die. And still he was teaching them, loving them, Still, he moved forward. John establishes for us that this is all known to him and that Jesus chooses to lower himself to the status of a servant and cleans the feet of his disciples. This foot washing is a normal thing that would have been done for anyone coming into a house. For them, there were no shoes, no roads, no clean way to hike from point A to point B. Unless you were riding a donkey and a foal, I guess. When anyone came into the house, their feet were cleaned for them by a housemaid or a servant, not by a Messiah. So this was astounding to the disciples. Astounding enough for sassy Simon Peter to say, no, you wouldn't. When Jesus gave it right back, sassy Simon replied, then wash my hands and my head while you're at it. Jesus assures him that he is clean enough, and then takes the opportunity to add that not everyone is clean. Dun, dun, dun. That's awkward. (laughs) And then he goes on to talk about love. And so this sometimes, for me, feels a little disjointed Um, that's because there's an entire piece missing from our reading. If you'll look at your bulletin where the gospel is listed, you'll see that it's John 13, 1 through 17, and then 31 through 35, which we do. Some critical stuff happens, though, between 18 and 30. Crucial things like establishing the love that's between them. I don't want to criticize the lectionary. That's not my goal. I really don't but I do want you to know how we get from foot washing to love. It's kind of a leap, and I think it's worth looking into. Jesus tells them that he knows who he chose. He's well-versed in putting up with sassy Simon, and he knows that Judas is about to betray him, and still he chooses them, he says. I mean, you do know how the story goes, right? Because this is a spoiler alert. In the coming days, he will hear, we will hear that Judas turns Jesus in, but that's not quite how it goes. It's a little more nuanced than that. And the nuance actually occurs in 18 to 30. So listen, he says, I know whom I have chosen, but it is to fulfill the scripture. The one who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I tell you this now before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. He's telling them what will happen. And yet somehow he goes on with the evening, with the friendships, with the future forgiveness for Judas's sure betrayal, ignoring the sass of Simon. He is doing it anyway and telling them what will occur so that when it comes about, they will believe that he is God, that he is the Messiah. Listen to him say it. Verse 21 picks up. After saying this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and declared, very truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And the disciples looked at each other, uncertain of whom he was speaking. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. And Simon Peter, therefore, motioned to him to ask, who is he speaking of? So while reclining next to Jesus, he says, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, it's the one whom I give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas son of Simon Iscariot. And after he received the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Jesus said to him, do quickly what you are going to do. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the common purse, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the festival or that you should give something to the poor. So after receiving the piece of bread, he immediately went out and it was night. Can you imagine that scene? Who is it, they asked. You know what they're asking. Is it going to be me? Am I the one that's going to betray you? They don't sound like they're turning on each other. They sound worried and fraught, confused even. So he lays it out there for them. He shows them it's Judas and he says to him, do quickly what you are going to do. And Judas goes out. And the disciples are so confounded that they think he must be going for provisions or just going on an errand. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So Judas goes to turn Jesus in. That's what we know, right? But so does Jesus. He doesn't really turn Jesus in then, does he? Jesus allows himself to be turned in. Jesus turns Jesus in. He knows it is happening and proceeds anyway. And the purpose is clear. He has told us in no uncertain terms in verses 18 through 30, He wants them to know that it's happening so clearly that they will finally believe that He's the Messiah, that He is God. And most importantly, He wants them to know that He loves them so much, despite all this, that He will give of Himself fully, His humility. His dignity, his very body. And he will serve them in love until the last moments of his life and beyond. It is from this place that he tells them that they have to love one another. And this is unique to John. In the other gospels, they speak of loving one's enemies. Only John knows and sees the true difficulty lies in waking up every morning and loving the people who share our houses, our lives, our neighborhoods, our city. Is anyone on next door, the scourge of our nation? Okay, I'm just checking. Um, Has anyone had to leave social media at any point for their own sanity? Anyone avoiding the Capitol lately? It's hard to love our enemies, that is true. But it's also so difficult to love the people right next to us when we know of their capacity for betrayal. It's so much easier to cut people off, to end relationships, not to pick up the phone when we see a name pop up of someone that we're annoyed with. What Jesus is asking them to do, what Jesus is asking us to do, is to love and serve one another with humility. Let go of your own status, let go of your pride, and serve those who are closest to you. When you do this, he says, you glorify me. To glorify me is to glorify God. Jesus is asking for you to forgive in advance all of the awful things your loved ones will do and to know who they are but to choose them anyway. You can do it. You can do that. You can love someone and wash their feet without having to become all of the betrayal and horror that they engage in. Can't you? Serve and love one another as Christ loved you and died for you. Lower yourself to the ground and love one another. When you do, others will know that you are his. By this, he says, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Thank you for being here, loved ones. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for your courage. And thank you for your love. Amen.